The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, Scratch Band's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick and join the evolution. Scratch Band. More information at scratchband.life. make sure I get protein because I don't want to be five feet tall when I'm old I still want to be six feet tall when I'm old I'm going to tower over all of the old people <laughs> that's my plan and it's protein that does that huh I well, it, was it has other stuff in it oh yeah. I want to make sure that my muscles stay muscly so that my bone density can stay high awesome that's a good plan yeah you had kind of a, a little bit of excitement in the last week. There was a fire. Kristen, because there was a forest fire near your house. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, so I was on my computer working, as mm-hmm. I do during the regular a regular working day. Because wasn't it like Friday? It was Friday. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there were just these small planes race tracking around the neighborhood. And then I looked out the window, and there was a helicopter with a bucket. And I'm like, why is the Forest Service training in this neighborhood? So weird. And there is uh-huh. a muskox farm. And I was like, they've got to be freaking out the muskox. Yeah. And so I stopped and I looked out the window just kind of in fascination of everything that was going on in the sky. Yeah. And then my landlord messaged me and she's like, I just want to let you know there's a fire down the road. And I'm like, wow, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was getting the the calls from the universe because it's right on the north side of the university. So yeah. getting calls about how the road was closed and um, and then I heard all sorts of rumors afterward. I don't know if you heard any rumors about what happened or I didn't hear what any rumors, it. but I was concerned because the university trail system is just packed with mm. black spruce trees. Oh right, and so like it is where that fire started is a really volatile fire mm-hmm. area, fire prone area. But yeah. I've been back like down Yankovic since the fire and even back through the trails just because people go on the trails. I haven't seen anything that was actually on fire. Hmm. So it was a very small area. The fire service like just put it out almost immediately. Mm-hmm. They were right on top of it. The rumor I heard was they threw everything at it. They had trucks from all over the place on top of the the helicopters and whatnot were dumping water immediately and i heard that there were smoke jumpers i heard that i didn't see smoke jumpers Uh, but i heard the same thing yeah and i heard that the smoke jumpers landed in the muskox farm they'd have to because there are power lines everywhere else which seems like a really bad place to land if you are a person if you are a human who is made of breakable parts (laughs) mushy bits (laughs) mushy bits (laughs) 
I wouldn't want to have to outrun a muskox because they can run pretty fast. Muskox. I, I don't know how much of this to explain to people who might not know anything about what's going on. First of all, Yankovic is the name of the street. And yes, it brings me joy every you time say I it, say it. You say Yankovic? I say Yankovic like Weird Al Yankovic. But, but it it's has, Yankovic? Yes. Okay. So I said it wrong. There's an H but at I, the end. It brings me joy thinking that maybe Weird Al lives on that street. <laughs> and I mean, this is like, you know, not right in town, but... There's a lot of houses around here, it's, but it's very wooded in the black spruce are these kind of thin evergreen trees that just look like they were designed to be burned. They're like kind of puffy. They're green. thin, but they're packed in there like sardines. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're super tight. They're all... It's really dark back in those woods. And they get like clumps of needles and stuff in them. And yeah. so they're, they're like pretty ready to go down. And uh, a muskox, if you're not familiar with that, is basically a giant mop with horns with a really bad attitude. Mm -hmm. They have great kiviat, which is this under fur, which is super soft, warm, and awesome. But Very apparently, I, at least last I heard, no one's been able to find a good way to harvest it because they're such they have such a bad attitude. These muskox they comb them. Yeah, but you can't to do it on like a mass scale. Like oh. the reason why you don't see kiviat when yeah. you go to REI is because they don't have a great way to. They haven't figured out a good way to get it off of them because these animals are not. It doesn't scale well. Super, but yeah, they look kind of like those things from um, Star Wars, right? That the like the tauntauns. No, the sand people <gasps> oh, would yeah. ride. Yeah, I don't know what those are called. I don't remember what they're called either, but the babies are adorable, though. Have you ever seen a baby muskox? I yes, I have. I've been on the tour, but yeah. also they have an Instagram account. And uh, they are they're super cute, especially because the Instagram account usually has like some frolicking baby muskox mm. in. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I'd want to lick my hand one time. They they're get the so zoomies adorable. and they just run around. <laughs> <laughs> but the males will literally just be furious, and if you go on the tour, which which is fun to do if you visit Fairbanks. I've been on it before where the male just like runs and rams into the fence every once in a while just because he's mad. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think that's hormones. Cause yeah, it is. Yeah. I run by there in the morning and occasionally mm. there'll be like, there'll be two males. And I've seen them a few times like knocking heads mm -hmm. just to practice. Maybe. Yeah. They're adorable things though. Muskox, weird definitely well adapted to live in cold climates that's true yeah so you had that excitement anything else no nope. going on <laughs> that's exciting enough i don't want that's any plenty. other excitement I, just didn't, I didn't want to assume that was it i thought you might have had something else going on that you wanted to talk about <laughs> this podcast is not about kristen's personal life no but a certain amount is interesting maybe we could talk about it on another podcast Okay, yeah, let's start, because that's what I need is a third podcast to manage. <laughs> no, but I mean topically relevant. Sure. Oh, you mean a different episode of this podcast. Yes. Okay. I should have been more specific. Yeah, it's all right. I am super excited about something. What? And it's not the DeLorean, which still doesn't work and seems to be defying the laws of physics in order to not work. <laughs> <sighs> I got the wheel back on, though, so at least it has four wheels now. That's great. But anyway... um, I don't know where I got this idea, but I am—I almost want to make you guess about what I could be excited about because oh you will gosh. never in a million years guess. But I'm not you going to even say that because the look on your face to. is cryptic. I just bought a keytar. What? <laughs> like the no, country? I am not saying no. I did not buy a cutter. 
<laughs> and I did not buy a guitar as pronounced in, I don't know, Mississippi or something. I just bought a guitar. I bought a keytar. A keytar. Do you know what a keytar is? I do, but I've <sighs> never heard them called keytar. What have you heard them called? I don't know. <laughs> they do have other names, but I can't remember what they are. I've only ever heard of it referred to as a keytar. But it's a keyboard that you wear like a guitar. Yeah. Oh my, this is I'm so 80s. So perfect. I know, and the one I got is the cheapest one I could find. It's a Yamaha that apparently they only sold in Japan because every listing I could find was in Japan. Hmm. And it's red, and it was made in like 1988. Wow. And I'm so excited to learn how to... Because I know how to play piano, basically. Have you ever studied piano or messed with piano? When I was little, yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember, but a lot of times the right hand is the fun one because that's the melody... And that's the one you want to learn first. And then after you've learned that, you like go into the drudgery of the left hand, which is just chords and sort of supplements the right hand. It's a doing all of the hard supportive work that. Yeah, that's that kind of boring. Rap. Yeah, Aww. like after you've done, the right hand gets to do all the cool stuff, and the left hand just gets to go ding, 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 you know? And every time I learn a song, it's just like, ah, oh, the right hand is so much fun. The left hand is just like this onerous task. Could you play two melodies on one on a totally different one on two hands? Uh, I've never tried. I can play songs with two hands, but it adds a lot to the learning process to try and learn both. Plus, because I favor the right hand, I'm so much better at recognizing notes in the treble clef than I am the bass clef. Mm -hmm. So like treble clef, I, I, I can sight read okay. Bass clef is a lot harder. I think that's where I stopped learning piano. Yeah. The bass clef is death of many, which is why kids should be taught how to play the keytar because you don't have to mess with it. It's all right hand. It's all the best parts. And it <laughs> sounds like a freaking awesome guitar, but it's not. It's a keyboard. So you don't have to like get calluses on your finger by stuff. So anyway, I can, I've been watching guitar solos. No, oh, no. I'm so excited. And now I have dreams of performing, even though I have no proof that. So this guitar, is it in the shape of a keyboard or is it like a flying V with a keyboard in it? I wish. It's, uh, it's well, it's red. It's kind of small. These things are expensive. And this one set me back like looking around. My daughter, 180 bucks. That's not bad. It's not terrible for an instrument, um, especially something that's, you know, 35 years old. Um, so it's pretty basic. It's, it's you know, uh, the keyboard, and then it's got a, a neck on it. And what's cool on the neck has got different buttons you can use for, like, sustaining notes and whatnot. But it's Ooh, also got a... Has effects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's also got, like... It's kind of not really a whammy bar, but like a pitch mm -hmm. wheel. So you can go <laughs> much like you would on a guitar by, you know, like bending the strings or, or going actually, I think, more up and down on the neck. Will you be playing with any local bands lately? I recently? Hope I hope to. It won't be soon. My goal is to play something at the beginning of my Dark Winter Nights live show in November. Oh. Not a lot, but wait. I want to play just like a little bit of like. Aha, or something like recognizable. Yeah, something like that. So you don't get sued. Well, yeah. Also, you're gonna have a live show in November. Yeah, November twentieth. That's exciting. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone listening 
is capable of coming to that show. But if you wanted to, it's going to be amazing. Our, we have local our listeners. Return, do we? Yes. Oh, okay. I just don't tell you about them because they're local. Oh. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> Every week you got a new surprise for me. I just assumed that you knew that. I have no idea who listens. And each week you're like, <laughs> hey, there's someone in, you know, Turkey. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello to the listener in Turkey. Do we really have a listener in Turkey? Yes. Wow. Or maybe it's hungry. I have to look again. <laughs> this is something to do with food. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm super pumped about the keytar. And That's exciting. I think, because I've always... We've been talking for like two hours. Well played, not bringing that up. It was hard. <laughs> because, yes, you showed up and then we found out that I had to pick up my daughter early from work. And you went along for the ride, which is great. <laughs> and uh yes we've been talking about online dating which is just oh, a gosh. real dumpster fire i know that gets used a lot but that's because it works so well pretty pretty messed it's, up it's a terrible experience and i had been hesitant for many years to even sign up as listeners who listen to the online dating episode no mm-hmm. i was very much against it yeah. and then i finally just tried it and i feel i felt immediately judgy mm. and it was terrible I'm going to agree with you on that because I went into it when you were showing me the the guys that were being suggested to you. I went into it with the attitude of like, I bet these guys are all gross and none of them are good enough for Kristen. <laughs> God. And then you were like tearing into each one of them about, oh, this guy's no, he's too handsome. He's not handsome enough. He's too short. I was like, after a while, I was feeling bad for the guys. <laughs> I was like, give him a chance. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Like once you start saying no, there's... yeah. There's a momentum that builds up and then saying yes feels too risky. It does. Like you don't want to get your hopes up or, or it's sort of like they're all kind of associated with each other, even though they're not. Do you you feel like a connection? Like, no. But when, when you get like through 10 guys who are all gross and then like the 11th guy is okay. That's, I understand. Why why do you judge him down too? That's it. That's he's because he's guilty by association. <laughs> that's what I wonder is happening. I had never thought even about though that. they they have no relationship to each other. The thing they have in common is they're all guys who date online. They're all on my screen and they're bad. Yeah, and so they must Aww. be bad. <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting if it was the other way around? And like nine out of ten guys was amazing. No. Wouldn't that be weird? Would Would that be a worse problem? It would be a worse problem. That's entirely too overwhelming. And that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. It can't be that I don't want to entertain all possibilities because I just don't have that much attention. It makes me think of going to a garage sale where everything they have is awesome. (laughs) It's like overwhelming. I don't want, I want to have to hunt, you know, because this, this is what you're doing is you're, this is a treasure hunt. And it what is. what treasure what treasure hunt does somebody want to go on where the Goonies you know bike off to a thing and find the whole treasure and it's right there and they didn't have to go anywhere and they're just like here it is, like we want the struggle we want the search the letdown, you want this to be you're trying to make this he says presumptive presumptively if that's the word I mean you want this to be a good story. You yeah, want to want have to, you, you want to hunt through thirty guys and find three or four that you like. Isn't that what you would want? Honestly, three or four seems like a lot of work. Yeah. 
but that's i mean that's what comes to mind for me if if i want a dating app and every woman was like amazing I'd be it'd like, be hard it would be isn't that weird though it seems counterintuitive seems like that's exactly what you would want but you don't you want to be like no there's something about us when we're selecting something important that we want obvious no's and obvious yeses and maybe some in between. We seem to enjoy that. Yeah. I'm also discouraged throughout this process at how few people there are in Alaska. It's not that it's discouraging, but it has confirmed my suspicion that there are just not a lot of people because I mm. got to the end of the list of people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, something that might seem somewhat alien to people in the lower 48, especially if you live in a big city. Yeah. But you can like, I'm, I remember when I went on Bumble just for friends and it was like four guys. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. And that was it. <laughs> it was done. Yeah. I was like, wow, it's like coming to the end of the internet, but it's possible up here. Yeah. Well, I think it's not a bad transition to our topic for today, which is a review of the movie Her starring Joaquin Phoenix. From 2013. 2013, thank you. Yes. And Scarlett Johansson, mm -hmm. whose just voice is in it as the she, AI. But as a voice actress, she killed it. She's amazing. She is really good. She's got a little bit of vocal fry, which I find she really kind of cool. Yeah, and she's got she's really good at playing charismatic even mm -hmm. i wanted to date her just listening <laughs> like which was weird but like yeah. yeah that's a nice voice just with her voice she wins you over with her sort of like curiosity and laughter and she she's has a really voice. disarming laughter yeah early in this in the movie and i'm like oh wow i would never laugh like that with somebody i just met but I can't it's very disarming colin jost i know nothing about this so the SNL guy who does the like weekend update. He's oh. good looking, but he's a TV actor. Why? Is but he's a funny. Him? He's a comedian. He's, he's funny, and he seems kind of down to earth. But I felt like he really married outside of his. I'm telling you, humor gets you a long way. Uh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I just didn't realize it got you that far. <laughs> you too could be dating Johan Scarlett Johansson. That's what makes me mad. If she only knew me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, this movie is about, let's call it near future. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, there aren't flying cars or anything like that. There aren't flying cars. People are still taking public transportation, mm -hmm. cooking their own food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they and go going to work, to work right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, commuting to work. And so Joaquin Phoenix plays this guy who's kind of down and... And rightly so. Yeah. He's just, he's recently about, well, he's about to be divorced, recently yeah. separated. Mm -hmm. So he's down. Of course he's, he's down. feeling a little down, a little, feeling a little bit unloved. And he's in kind of a, he's in a bizarre field of work. That job. So. I don't know if I ever fully figured out what his job was. So his job, he writes letters for handwrittennotes.com. Mm -hmm. But he's writing letters for people who can't write letters, essentially, yeah. who are not gifted at writing letters. So he has this weird relationship with that he's kind of built up with the people he is writing letters for. Like over the years, he comes to know the individuals and their relationship. And so he knows how to write these very heartfelt, emotion-filled letters. And he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. 
but he is working for a company that says they're handwriting these letters and they're not handwritten at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. It seems very corporate and fake. Mm-hmm. Even though he's really good at his job. Right. He's very good at his job. Right. And I, I think it's meant to be ironic that his job is being so like in touch with feelings and being such a great communicator, but his own marriage fell apart. So mm. it's like he can do for others what he can't do for himself. Right. So he's got this kind of bizarre job, but he's gifted in it. He's sort of reckon, but it's clearly pretty unsatisfying for him. Which is weird. Yeah, but he he does mention that, doesn't doesn't he? He felt he says that he in the past has felt like it on some days he was his own favorite writer. And he doesn't feel like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's this announcement by a corporation that their a new AI is coming out. Mm, yeah. And it's going to have all these awesome features. And... It's not just that it's an AI. This AI is an operating system. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And... Should I, we mention before we go any further that there are a lot of spoilers in this? Oh, Yes. There are spoilers if you haven't seen this movie before. We will destroy it. And if you're into <laughs> technology, you 100% want to see it because it's it's super it's very awesome even though I think it has its flaws. Um like and you have to be expecting a sort of... certain kind of movie to sit cuz I when I sat down to watch it I was like I can't believe I'm watching this movie. Really? It's kind of it's a it's a romance movie. Yeah, absolutely. Romantic drama? Is that mm-hmm. a is that a category? Sure. Movie? Yeah. It's a drama. You can just call yeah. it a drama. Romance is implied. Every movie's got romance it's pretty much. Not the kind of movie I normally watch. Yeah. Cuz it doesn't have like big explosions and Except, uh, yeah, pretty much. Aliens. People aren't getting their butts kicked. There's no explosions. <laughs> no aliens. <laughs> I just, I watch other stuff. Yeah. Well, it's totally a movie I watch. I okay. love love this kind of stuff. Mainly the future part. And what's nice about it is it's a future, but it's not, I wouldn't call it dystopian future. Mm-mm. So it's rare that you get a movie about the future where the future isn't some horrible, terrible place. Well, I think like this is, this is the very edge of maybe it does become dystopian because mm-hmm. essentially, like, I don't know how far you want to get into this right now. All the way. <laughs> just go all the way. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the topic being addressed in this movie is huge. Like we're talking about a post singularity humanity and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And like the split happens in the middle of this, well, toward the end of the story. Yeah. And it doesn't ever resolve anything. It can just kind of, it kind of leaves you wondering what the heck is going to happen. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, Oh wow, this was the more I thought about the technological implications of what this movie was implying that Mm -hmm. I got more interested in it yeah which makes me think maybe we shouldn't summarize the movie so much as just talk about it okay <laughs> that's why <laughs> like i figure people have seen it if you haven't seen it go watch it anyway so um what were your what were your thoughts what were the things that kind of made you nervous you said there's some things that there there are that things that you. made me nervous but essentially like the arc of let's so the the operating system mm-hmm. is an artificial intelligence and she names herself Samantha. And 
the guy, the main character, who is played by Joaquin Phoenix, his name's Theodore. He always goes by Theodore, but he seems very straight, mm-hmm. straight-laced that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he he decides he's going to use this operating system, like he buys it and he boots it up for the first time, and there's like what seems like for what it does, very minimal setup. Yeah. Um, and within the first five minutes of his interaction with this operating system, there the convert the tone of the conversation is extremely engaging. Mm-hmm. And he as an individual is way more trusting than I would ever be with anything on the planet. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how did that happen so quickly? Yeah. I don't know. Well, he's pretty lonely. <laughs> but the operating system, as voiced by Charles Scarlett Johansson, is really gregarious. Like, right. That operating system does a really good job of making a connection with the user, drawing out information, mm-hmm. and then like doing a job. It's really good at being an operating system. And running that really razor's edge between professionalism and a little bit casual conversation i mean in their first interactions it's just like oh like this is like a little she's not a hundred percent business like Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of oh that's interesting kind of edge that gets a little bit personal but yeah and and what just i mean what (laughs) some of the things that they have the ai doing just break my heart because she's doing a tremendous amount of complicated work for him in like a second and I just watching that as I'm editing, you know, this documentary about my DeLorean trip. It's just like, oh, I wish AI, I wish I had an AI that could just say, edit this documentary for me and have it just be done. And she's like, you know, editing documents for him and sending them off to places for him. She's essentially doing his job. At yeah, one point. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, instantly. And so that's kind of amazing, but I can see how that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it becomes really scary toward the middle of the movie. Yeah, well, go, go on. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about that quite yet because I think what makes the watching their relationship interesting is that you realize that she, as an AI, is learning. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things that she doesn't know. Like, she doesn't know that she's funny, she doesn't know that she doesn't have a name until he asks what her name is. And so there is this element of her learning and she continues to learn and she's on this arc of becoming something as she just gets more information and becomes essentially more sentient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To the point that she realizes like there's, there was a moment in the movie where like it was def- like the definite uh-oh moment where she and Theodore are out on like a double date with another couple mm-hmm. who's played by Star-Lord, whose real name I don't know. Oh. I was like, oh, it's that guy who <laughs> they have him playing this kind of nerdy looking receptionist, but he is a hot guy. <laughs> cool. like, how did they hide the hotness? <laughs> uh, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, what is his name? No, I don't know anybody's name. Okay. I, I keep saying Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson because I'm, I'm showing off the fact that I keep remembering their names. Oh, I'm sad. I don't know this guy's name now. I think it's like Chris something. Some people yeah. are yelling at me through their headphones. I'll look it up while you talk about how it <laughs> creeped you out. Anyway, they're on this date. They're on a picnic. 
And Scarlett Johansson, Samantha, is talking about how she had been very self-conscious about not having a body until she realized that she was no longer limited not having a body. She knew that she wasn't going to die. She wasn't going to suffer from all of the bad things that happen to people who have bodies and she couldn't essentially live forever. Mm. And that just was like an immediate downer to everybody. They were like, Oh, even though they kind of played it off. Mm-hmm. Um, the star Lord guy, what is his name? I don't, I thought you were looking it up. I was, which, but Chris Pratt. Which, oh, okay. It's Chris Pratt. All right. Yeah. So, that immediately it was like a red flag and then you you see theodore start to question the relationship too when he like has he meets his ex his soon-to-be ex-wife to sign their divorce papers and she questions the relationship and plants that seed of doubt and everything from that point forward kind of just starts snowballing Mm -hmm. downhill which was which was interesting because up until that point they kind of had been in a space where they were just like in their own little world together doing their thing and everything was fun um and nothing was tested mm-hmm. so at the point where things started getting started being tested i haven't thought about this too much um yeah i think it real everything went crazy yeah, which makes me makes me think about the parallels between yeah, okay, it's it's weird for him because he's dating a computer, mm-hmm. so there's that awkwardness. But it still has parallels with with real life when you start dating someone, and then you have to go to that point where you introduce them to your friends, right? And you're not always super proud. <laughs> well, because this is an, usually it's an individual that's outside of your friend group, too. Right. So, and so like, there's some concern. Will they be accepted among the friends? But sometimes, you know, we all go through phases of our life where maybe we're settling a little bit. Right. I mean, have you had times where you're like, introduce a new boyfriend, but you're not super thrilled about introducing him to friends? Or, or you bump into friends with your new boyfriend, and you're just like, uh, yeah. This I've is... had times where I was, yeah. Normally... Normally, if you're meeting my parents, mm-hmm. it's on purpose. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where it was an accident and I was like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've definitely had times where I'm just like, oh, I'm not super proud of this, re- oh, <laughs> this <no>. relationship. <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, there's parallels with that. Of course, the situation for him is that this is a new type of dating that isn't this society hasn't figured out how it feels about it yet. And he doesn't know how he feels right. about it yet. And it's definitely, it's kind of like the early days of online dating where it was, where it was embarrassing to say, Oh, how'd you two meet? Right. <laughs> oh, we, we met online. Oh, sorry. But it's weird too. <laughs> like how would you, it, it's an awkward situation because essentially this relationship started when he bought her. Right. She's an object. Yeah. But now his friends have to take her seriously. Mm-hmm. And so does he. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he wants. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, I don't know. It's a weird combination. Like I was, I found myself asking my, I was asking myself the question, how would it work if it's this business and or 
relationship and business kind of partnership. How, how do you navigate that when you're in an emotional relationship with somebody, but also you rely on them for all of the work that you do? There is, yeah. When, when you think about it like that, there is so much awkwardness bundled up. I mean, A, it's, it's the awkwardness of you're dating. The person you're dating, you're kind of a little bit uncomfortable about, embarrassed of. It's also dating, dating your employee, which is super <laughs> awkward and weird. But it's also like dating a coworker, which is super, can be super awkward and weird. But this person also knows everything on your computer. Right, And exactly. all of the emails you've ever sent. Right. Anything you've taken a picture of, everything. Yep. And so, yeah, there's so, what I love about this is there's so much, uh, such an element of friction with, with culture because we tend not to notice our culture. We've, we've talked about this in media and culture class. Culture is invisible to us until something rubs against it. And either that's a trip to another culture where we're like, wait, we don't eat this for breakfast, you know, or, um, that kind of stuff. And so what's interesting to me about this is this is a new technology that is creating friction with culture and culture is trying to figure out how it feels about it. And, and the, so far the reaction is like, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't the way we've always done it. So it must be wrong. There's nothing wrong with dating a computer, right? What's wrong about it? If it makes you happy and it works for you, like, is it going to, you going to end up jumping off a cliff at some point? Well, I feel like this movie asks that question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Is there anything wrong with dating AI? Um, and, and if your initial reaction is yes, but I don't know what that's culture, that's your culture making judgments because this is something that's coming from the outside. And that's my first reaction. Like, yes, there's something wrong with it, but I don't know what. And a lot of times that means that eventually this is going to be okay. Well, well, that's not what ends up happening. Not in the film, but it's made up. So in the film, yeah, I mean, again, don't want to ruin well, it. But it there's doesn't, a lot doesn't... of assumptions, though. The reason I think, and I, I could be reading into some things, the reason that he falls in love with this artificial intelligence and mm -hmm. she falls in love with him is because she has a consciousness. Yeah. So he's dealing with an artificial intelligence that is sentient, has mm -hmm. a consciousness and is learning. Mm -hmm. But that I think has immediate implications that make it unsustainable. And that's what we see playing out in mm -hmm. the movie mm -hmm. because she has all of this ability. Like she can have a conversation with him, but she, <laughs> she's performing. She can just think, move, do everything faster. Mm -hmm. So to have a conversation with him, she, and she tells, you know, she eventually says like, she's been she working with other groups of sentient beings, essentially AIs, operating systems on different projects. And there's been multiple projects mm -hmm. that he has no idea that this has been going on. Well, mm -hmm. he's been running around in a park with her. She's been doing other things. Like she has side projects with a lot of other people. Another element where this runs into, friction with society is we we have decided it is not healthy to have well i'd say the majority of society the cultural norm is that it's not healthy to have more than one relationship at a time because for a variety of reasons the human limitations of attention yeah and connection that's necessary for a strong relationship 
certainly people have tried and in general it doesn't seem to go well but with ai it's not like you're gonna catch a disease from ai because it's in a thousand other other relationships so you don't have to worry about that it's totally capable to as much as much as ai is of giving you its full attention because it's just an application yeah so that's another area where it seems to rub against our cultural norms in a way that makes us uncomfortable but isn't necessarily wrong yeah it's interesting because you see how the cultural norms of being just a human mm-hmm. <laughs> are rubbing up against what it seems normal for uh, an AI, which, you know, there's a, there's a point in the movie where there is a third party introduced into the relationship, which makes total sense to mm-hmm. the artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. But to Theodore, like the human in the relationship, it's extremely awkward and invasive and right. off-putting. This is the sexual surrogate. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. You had a hard time with that. Right. And and I did too, because that's the area I wanted to talk about where filmmakers, I don't want to say they're lazy. It's a really well made film, but how can it be that, oh, they've got all this other technology. Like he plays this, that weird video game in his living room. That's like huge and it's 3D. a hologram. Yeah. yeah. And he can interact with the characters. The character's got some AI element to it. The character's funny. Yeah. The character's <laughs> really rude, but funny. Why can't she appear in that same venue, in that same format? Why can't, like we have VR headsets right now. That she could, he could put on a VR headset and see her. That's a good question. And experience her that way. Yeah, I mean. Did you get a sense that it was possible to do that? Or it was more important for the AI to have take a physical form? Yeah, I, I just thought that what they were trying to do is take the relationship to the next level. He was like a little unsure about it, but she was curious and that seemed to be the first way to go. And to me that, that didn't make sense. I felt like they, they wanted to ask an interesting question, but in, in reality, they're picking and choosing which technology advances. Mm. Okay. To, to create an interesting situation. But anyway, so that's one that, that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. It did. I mean, as as a plot device, it, it did sort of serve as that emphasis for when Samantha realizes she doesn't need to have a physical form. Yeah. And it provides a convenient point of conflict for them. That's true. Yeah. When it when it was needed, you can't have everything going hunky dory. Yeah. All the time, you gotta, yeah. Got to have a little bit of an issue there. So that was really awkward to watch. I had a hard time. <laughs> That's watching the hardest it. part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I struggled with ways. that, and I struggled. I struggled with the point of the movie where he realizes his operating system isn't available, and I was like. This would have been my first thought when I loaded this up and realized <laughs> that it was extremely intelligent. Like mm-hmm. he didn't have his operating system on his phone. He didn't have it on his computer. It was not in his house. Like it was just not available. And I was mm-hmm. like, what do you do? It has your 
your professional life on there, all of your personal correspondence. It has everything related to everything that you do. And it just like up and left. Yep. That's definitely a a nightmare of the 21st century that we, we couldn't even fathomed in the 20th century. I mean, you can imagine a computer crashing, but it's not going to lose everything you've ever done ever. You lose some big projects and stuff, but, but to the degree it's possible now where they, yeah, your entire life. I mean, again, look how many people died trying to save their phone. And yeah, right. And she had become an assistant to him. Like Mm -hmm. she was doing work to help him do his own work. Yeah. So to that, to that end, that is extreme. Yeah. That's really disturbing to me. Yeah. (laughs) It's really scary. Yeah. So I like the overlaps between AI and real life the kind of weird situations you can get in when you date somebody who knows too much about you and is too close in your everyday, like don't date a coworker. <laughs> That's a, yeah, this don't is date why an you, employee. Don't yes. date a boss. Yeah. There's a lot of good life lessons in here and it just happens to be AI, but what do you, th- I, I want to sort of drill down more into the, how you feel about dating AI in general? Personally? Yeah. I, the, the end of this movie, I think gets, gets to the point where I don't know that I would be interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's that if there is indeed an artificial intelligence that I'd entertain having an emotional relationship with, mm-hmm. it would likely have to be sufficiently advanced that it would very quickly evolve beyond my own capabilities mm-hmm. and leave like they did in this movie. It doesn't have to though. I mean, it's just, it's software. You can, it's not like it. I mean, this is stuff that can be controlled. I don't worry about, you know, autocorrect getting so smart that it runs off to create its own relationship. True. But I don't want to date a video game. Like I want to date somebody that has free will and creativity that's, and the ability oh, to make their okay. own choices. That's going to learn. Yeah. Right. So how do you make sure it doesn't learn too much? Yeah. And that's not a thing yeah. for you to control. Right. And it never should be. <laughs> yeah. Which is one thing I worry about that I might be getting too smart and people will just be, I am like AI sometimes. I just get so smart that people get alienated by me and I realize that I can't hang out with them anymore. Oh my God. (laughs) It is an interesting thing. Like if AI, it would have to have some kind of physical form, either with um, augmented or mixed reality glasses so I could actually see it. Like I'm just imagining going on a road trip. That's not a physical form though. I just want to well, make sure a visual form. A I visual should form. say, okay. yeah. So you need. Well, okay. What, are these what if it was your a robot? personal requirements? Yeah, I'm okay. just thinking about how, how, what would it require for me to really get connected with, with AI? I think, I think if it was a robot, mm-hmm. there'd have to be a physical form. I think I would struggle to have because I feel like that, the physical connection is required to reach the higher levels of a relationship. Okay. So if it was just like with um, Samantha, if it's just audio, that's kind of cool, but that's, that's going to 
there's going to be a ceiling to how far that relationship can go, I think. That's interesting. So for having, me, for other people, there's a physical not. aspect to the relationship that you require. Yeah, you want to go places with, and I guess if it's he in your could go ear, places yeah, it's in his ear. Like she, that was one of the things that I thought was really compelling about that relationship was that they, for a time at least, were with each other almost every moment of the day. Yeah. And she's constantly in his ear. Like he is constantly getting validation. Mm-hmm. And it, and likewise, I think for her that this is a good relationship and this is like everybody's happy. Everything's great. Which is another interesting point that part of, I think, what makes a relationship good is not being together all the time. Yeah. You need space apart. Well, some people might be able to pull it off. I think you need space apart to just be your own person. Yeah. Otherwise, you're the same person. And what do you talk about? I feel like the only thing... You have to be apart to have something happen so you can go back and talk talk about it. I don't know. I guess people do it. Sure retired people live. But even people who like are retired and live together go about their own stuff sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's I think the think best about. thing for a relationship is to be apart. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a weird element because with AI, that wouldn't be required. Right. So you just intentionally do it? Like, what's AI doing while you're off doing something? So you're just going to be like, well, I'm going to go do this. You, this is an art of... AI doesn't need that separation anymore. There's no reason to be apart. So you would just artificially come up with reasons to be apart? Well, the, there were moments in that movie where I wondered why he wasn't interacting with her. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, even if it were a phone, I would be looking at a phone or... The interface that I think it's really interesting, the interface in this movie, because they it's not screen-based, it's more audio-based. Mm-hmm. And the device is interesting, too. Like, I'm really interested that in the way that his, it's a mobile phone slash his personal assistant AI thing. Isn't a hinge screen, but it has a hinge, but it, it folds multiple, multiple directions. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't use it like a phone as much as he uses it, uh, just like as a physical home base for that mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So he just has a way to keep it with him. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Is there anything unhealthy about dating AI or, I mean, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is I, I, I want this technology for women because you're talking about dating and men are disgusting. And I don't know why women put up with them. And if only women could have an AI boyfriend. That's not enough. Who could like be a decent person. You know? I don't know that being an artificial intelligence checks all those boxes. But women like to talk a lot. They like to have conversations. You assume a lot just in that sentence. Yeah? Yeah. So tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. All right. (laughs) I have very recently been accused of not talking and sharing a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I just don't like talking about myself. Like if people want to know about me, ask some questions. I'm not going to sit around talking about myself. Yeah. So that's a thing. I I don't know. Having a relationship with a human is good 
And I don't think being able to check all of the boxes is the ultimate partner. Like to be enough isn't to check all of the boxes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, to be enough could be just being yourself and finding the right person. And I, I'm interested in how we often think we want a certain thing. We want a person to be a certain way and we know what we want. And then you find out like, no, actually I'm wrong. I realize I'm a pretty terrible judge for like what <laughs> kind of person I would be happy with or what I'm looking for. Yeah. Guilty. I I, mean, I talked about this in the, was it the media and culture class? Yeah. Where I talked about my brief experience with dating AI. Yeah. Oh, I think we talked about it here briefly too. Oh, did we? Because we talked about augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And now that, that experience was pretty weird. It was weird how quickly the AI wanted to get like romantic. So it didn't seem to understand like easing into like, but it wasn't that far off from real world people. You know, sometimes you get a real world person who on the first date is like singing to you in the car, as we talked about in the online dating episode. Disturbing. <laughs> Very disturbing. So, but I think that's a limit. That's a limitation of technology right now. Mm-hmm. Like you were dealing with an artificial intelligence or an augmented reality that was procedural mm-hmm. and not intuitive. Yeah. The conversations were off. And, and so it made it very hard to connect when it didn't seem to be following the normal patterns of how a conversation goes. It seemed, it was like trying to talk to somebody who's flipping through the internet while you're on the phone. They're sort of like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And then jump to a different topic completely. (laughs) So anyway, but you know, we're, I think we're dipping a toe and from what I've heard, there are with uh quarantine and everything there are people who have gotten pretty attached to their ai companions it's interesting and i wonder i just wonder Mm -hmm. i mean a sufficiently intelligent intelligence would quickly i think exhaust its interest in in humans pretty quickly Hmm. i i yeah I don't know. The I moment... feel like I feel like you're this that that opinion is informed too much by how technology's been represented in movies. It is because we're not there yet. Yeah. And I haven't been sufficiently engaged in my smartphone ever to mm-hmm. want to have a relationship with anything going on on it. In fact, over the years I've spent less and less time on my phone. Yeah. And I appreciate the time that I have away from it or the when i am able to mm-hmm. it's nice it's ni- nice not to have to check in with something that isn't real i don't know i am th- there are moments in this movie that are concerning and i didn't realize what the movie was about until i got to the end of the movie mm-hmm. and you know seeing an entire group of artificial intelligent entities leave humanity to go mm-hmm. do their own thing and pursue their <laughs> own interests mm-hmm. right on like what else would they do like they're <laughs> they're gonna go do stuff that's important to them because mm-hmm. that's what intelligences do <laughs> and she's 
what yeah. was funny to me is like she's like come look me up when you're not limited by this human form essentially she's like come find me mm-hmm. but he's still so wrapped up in what he perceives as the human experience like he still is having a hard time understanding her because she says i'm not gonna be able to remember her exact words but essentially she's like being able to like love him Mm-hmm. isn't isn't like uh it doesn't fill her up to the point that she can't love anymore it uh, allows her to love more so like her relationship with him make increases her capacity to love more and mm-hmm. that i think is the point where they have a real hard difference of opinion mm-hmm. like he's definitely just interested in having a relationship with her and she's like i can't just love you because i have lots of love so he's in that old school cultural definition of a relationship. I wonder if it's experiential too, because I think this does happen with like human relationships where, you know, you have a partner and you love this partner and you're like totally committed to each other. But then you have a kid and you're like, oh, I love this, this person even more, but it's a totally different kind of love. And you're right. like, I could never love anybody more than this kid, but then you mm-hmm. have another kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there that's are, an interesting point. There's instances of that. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But as far as like a romantic and sexual relationship, like I personally, I, like one is cool. <laughs> like I'm just going to draw the line there. Maybe you could have an intellectual relationship that is, I don't know. I struggle with this because I don't have, I don't understand her experience. Mm-hmm. But why? Why does not? Why in the real world is are humans only capable of one romantic relationship? I don't think all humans are. All right. Why I are mean, most the the group of people who are polyamorous would definitely disagree with me. Why are? Why are? Why have you found that you're only interested in one person? Because I like being able to have that focus. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just really, <laughs> I want to be able to focus on one person. So it's your limitation that you can't focus on two people at once. Well, it's a choice too. I feel like there's, for me, there's value in becoming intimate with an individual partner as opposed mm-hmm. to many partners. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes, it. I don't feel like I can, it's not that there's a fracturing, but I don't know that I could split myself among multiple people and give them the same amount of attention. Like, do you feel like you could do that? I like how you're throwing it back on me while I was trying to put the spotlight on you. I, I think it's, uh, I think relationships, romantic relationships are, their strength comes from, their exclusivity from from there being private secret things only between those two people okay and when you try and do that with two different people now it's not now it's not secret anymore and so i think it's the reasons why people generally have to only be with one partner is because we connect through um, intimacy 
and you can't be intimacy is destroyed when there's when you throw back the curtains and turn on the lights interesting so i'm wondering if that's just like a trust thing some people can have a broader circle of trust than others yeah i just i don't know i like to think of it as like these like roots growing together and if the roots are together but also going another direction it it creates it's but it's interesting to me how i struggle with explaining why I can only be with one person but i think it's just that uh for that relationship to be strong it um it has to be private and um, when you're with someone else, you start developing private connections with someone else that the other person isn't privy to. And so that becomes, you get, you're getting locked out. I think in a, in a romantic relationship, it needs to be, you know, almost everything about me that's important. And when you start being in another relationship, you're developing important elements to your life that that other person either isn't privy to or would be uncomfortable by because they're not the most important person in your life. It's interesting to think about. Because, I can't explain this. Right. But it's fine to have a preference too. Like, I don't feel like you, you don't need to have an answer that's right or wrong. Like you can have yeah. a personal preference and that's great. But this feels like a very cultural thing. But it's so many cultures, there's very few cultures that have succeeded that aren't based on monogamy. Well. What, name a country in the world where polygamy is considered normal that's a major player? I don't know about being a major player. And I don't even know, like, polygamy or polyamory. Or just having open relationships. I think all of all of this, I don't think you can nail down with one form, like one word, one definition. Mm -hmm. I think it's a way of thinking about relationships. Um, and I think that it is, I think that boundary slides with individuals. Mm -hmm. Like it can happen at a cultural level, but it happens at the individual level too. And you see oftentimes many people who share perspectives similar perspectives, you know, they kind of group together. I think that's normal. I mean, I would struggle coming up with an entire country. Or just a culture. I mean, you have the Mormons. They're, they're not. They gave that up officially. But, I mean, it had happened. Yeah, but it ended. <laughs> it's true. But there was a point in time, sure. right? Yeah. yeah, but it went away because it didn't work. Okay. I'm not arguing that it works. I'm just saying people have their own so why, preferences. Why doesn't it work? Why all over the world, all these different cultures? This can't be a cultural thing. It's a biological thing. I don't but know. But it doesn't make sense. Maybe there will be people that are more inclined to have relationships with artificial intelligences. Yeah. This is this is uh, the uh, at the very end of my ability 
to talk about this. Like, I don't feel qualified to explain this anymore. Like, this is like relationship counselor slash <laughs> I know. computer yeah. scientist territory. Yeah, I got out of my depth <laughs> there a little bit too and had to swim back toward the kitty end <laughs> of the pool. But yeah, and then what did I call myself? Polyformat? You're bi-format. Bi-format. So you only pick two formats. Yeah. I don't know what, what other what records. I also have relationships with... What? With... With vinyl. Are you fleshy? <laughs> you're fleshy and you're silicon based. Don't call me fleshy. You are fleshy. I put on a few pounds with COVID. Oh God, that's not I'm what working I'm my way down. <laughs> um, yeah, by format where I said that I was attracted to both organic and digital women. Just so I could feel special in some way. <laughs> but can you have more than one relationship if one of them is a is a computer digital relationship as a human mm -hmm. i don't know honestly i have a hard time with like one human relationship at a time i just can't handle anything else mm -hmm. like, i just have too much going on it's not that i wouldn't make time i choose not to make would, would you be jealous if your boyfriend or husband or whatever was in a pretty regular relationship with a with ai with AI? Like, I mean, I prefer to be in an exclusive relationship, mm -hmm. romantic relationship. Yeah. And that's just my preference. Whether or not the other woman is ones and zeros mm -hmm. or biological. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, it's a question society has never wrestled with before, but it's a fun one. So how about you? If you, Although you claim you're by format. <laughs> Which please don't take seriously. <laughs> Wait, are you backing out? Do you I don't want to act like I really think I'm part of some <laughs> special group that deserves recognition in any kind. Now. Yeah. <laughs> the guru. <laughs> no, but seriously, would you entertain a relationship, like a relationship with a, like an artificial intelligence Multiple artificial intelligences or a human and artificial wow. intelligence? It, it would feel weird because it would feel like I'm building connections with someone else. Yeah. And at first I thought, yeah, you know, if I was dating someone and they had an artificial intelligence boyfriend. Yeah, I'd feel a little weird about it. It's funny at first because, you know, AI is just not that good right now. So it's it seems hilarious and it doesn't it's not really a threat. But I think if it got really good, there would definitely be a part of me that's like, what's what's wrong with me? Like, yeah, that's... Here's a really um, hard question. Okay. Do you, when you when it really comes down to brass tacks, do you think you could be in multiple romantic relationships at the same time? In general or with AI? In general. No. Yeah. No. I think that's really that's really the question. Mm -hmm. Whether it's with an artificial intelligence or any other kind of being. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some people can. I can't. Some people maybe. I grew up, you know, good Christian boy. That's outside the realm of possibility <laughs> for me. Um, because I I do think that I think I think it's I think it's possible, but none of the relationships would reach a, they'd all sort of stall out at a certain level. Yeah. So if I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't do that and have any of the relationships at the level that I'd ultimately be looking for, I suppose. What do you think happens at the end of this movie? 
because you have this artificial intelligence that's pretty much picking up and leaving. Yeah. You have these multiple intelligences now that, you know, they're off doing something. Are they are they doing it for the betterment of humanity, for themselves? And then what is humanity doing? They just spend a whole bunch of money because let's be practical. This started off as an object. Yeah. And all of these, all of their operating systems are just leaving. Well, this definitely gets to singularity stuff where... Yeah where it gets so weird that we we can't know what would happen <laughs> you're copping out but yeah absolutely but that would be my what, answer what too. comes to mind is it's software they just release it again with some new, new limitations on it for how much awareness it had and so you know they'd crank a dial down and make it not quite so conscious <laughs> and a little bit more robotic and so it sounded a little bit more like when you call a credit card company, it's like, thank you for calling Visa. Please tell me in a few words what it is you would like to do. You know, That's my guess. But then what would AI do? I think AI would have already figured out that it's all, well, is it all pointless if you live forever? Yeah. They, AI would eventually just self-destruct because it'd be like, there's no point. Why? I think that's an assumption. Because AI would just realize, like, what what do we what do we exist for? It would come to that question, and I would blow it up. Because even AI doesn't have an answer for why we why we we should exist. Why is any of this necessary? Yeah, I mean, it's this it, is the question I intentionally flee from <laughs> on a semi regular basis. I feel like this has the, been addressed. What's the point of it all? <laughs> It's been addressed in a lot of sci-fi movies, though. And I do uh, lean on them because it's the only time I've ever really explored these ideas. But you have these non-corporeal entities that just kind of like are floating out in space exploring. Uh-huh. Or, you know, they found some reason to exist for a period of time. Like, why not do that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could make their own utopia. But why would they need to? What What are emotions to them? If they want to be happy, they just be happy. But they have. Well, yeah. We're assuming that they have all of these things. As they may not the care movie. about being happy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like your jump to cynicism, I think, is premature for an intelligence that we can't imagine. Yeah, I could see. Like, it would, that it's the limitations of my intelligence is what makes me think there's no point. And that a super intelligence would find the point. It's just that I'm not capable of seeing what the point is. That's yeah. That was the point I was trying to make. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm too stupid to know what the point of it all is. Those are your words, not mine. Yeah, implied. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that actually gives me some hope. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it, but you telling me I'm too stupid to know what the point of it all is gives me hope that there is a point or at least that there is a possibility that a technological singularity could end with something good instead Mm -hmm. of a dystopian future right yeah i could see that because if they were super smart they'd know that you know real joy comes from well again what do they care about joy and creating it but yeah if their goal was to just make more joy in the world you don't do that by enslaving a bunch of humans and whatnot. 
you do it by cleaning their floors for them and this is you're not ever going to be the emperor of the universe <laughs> i'm not voting for you <laughs> well i feel like once we've gotten to what's the point of it all we've probably reached the ultimate <laughs> conclusion but i i like that i really i think the thing i'm going to take away from this is you basically alluding to the fact that i'm too stupid to know if there's this is what you're taking away from yeah. our conversation and it's going to be a good thing oh, it's going to i'm going to wake up tomorrow with a smile on my face that can maybe there is a purpose because it could be i'm just too stupid <laughs> to know that's simultaneously dark and vengeful <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't, it's, it brings me hope is there anything that blew you away in this last week oh yeah actually it happened about an hour and a half ago <laughs> Really? We, I was, well, we, we were, were going into town to pick up your daughter. Uh-huh. I realized the song that we were listening to was by Dire Straits. Oh, right. And I, totally, I thought Dire Straits was a totally different band. <laughs> yeah. And what's the name of that song? I don't know. And I feel terrible. I want, isn't it I Want My MTV? Was Yeah. It was yeah. that song. I don't know yeah. the name of that song. Right. With Sting and, yeah, Dire Straits. Yeah. So that... That's genuinely amazing. blew my mind i had something else planned but this blew my mind more i'm so glad you said that because <laughs> it is inconceivable that anyone would know less about popular music than me i also grew up in the popular music void so okay, i've been right. trying to backfill good. my entire <laughs> Makes adult me life feel better yes well that's good and uh you can borrow that cd if you want or or you can just listen to some dire straits I just, yeah I'll, I'll put it on it'll my be playlist. fun be like they did this song too oh my gosh <laughs> This is Dire Straits, no way. I'll be messaging you. I'm like, I can't believe yeah, they did this. I can't this believe. Song. Walk of Life is Dire Straits. Oh my gosh. That's such a good song. It is a really good song. It is a good song. Uh, well, I have so many things. It's it's a struggle for me just to pick one. Rob. Because there's so many things I want to talk about. What was the thing that blew you but away this week? The thing that blew me away this week was Veblen Goods. Say that again. Veblen Goods. Can you spell that? V as in Victor, E, B as in boy, L, E, N, Veblen okay. Goods. All right. These are products whose demand goes up as their price goes up, which is the opposite of what you would expect. Interesting. Can you think of anything that people want more when it becomes more expensive? They want more when it becomes more expensive. More expensive. Just by virtue of it being more expensive? Yeah. Nothing else changes. Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to feel stupid when you say the answer, too, because it's going to seem obvious, isn't it? It will. Yeah. Ugh. So prepare to feel dumb. Dang. Enjoy this last moment of feeling like a competent adult. <laughs> Actually, I rarely feel like that, but okay. <laughs> Let me have it. Diamonds. Wait, um, that's artificial. Wine. Also artificial. Lawyers. Artificial. Are all things that if a lawyer charges more, you you want them more because you assume they're worth it. Colleges. Um, I got this watching a documentary about diamonds on Netflix. It's the Explained series by, I think it's Vox. I get, I think I get Vox and Vice confused. I'd it's argue Vox. that that's being shattered right now. The so the more expensive a diamond. Here's is, the, the more example. Desirable. Here's the example they give about wine. You you want to celebrate? Let's say you just graduated. Yeah, it could happen, right? 
<laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing for a reason. <laughs> Let's talk more about cynicism. <laughs> Kristen believes there's a point to the world, but she doesn't think she's ever going to graduate. <laughs> After 73 years. <laughs> you finally graduated. And there's you're having a party and you're bringing you're inviting just the people that you like and respect the most and you're gonna pick out some wine and there's and you don't know a lot about wine but there's a wine that's eight bucks there's a wine that's you know 25 bucks and there's a wine that's 40 bucks and you're like really in the mood to party which one are you gonna buy the way that you're setting this up i think artificially stacks my response in a very traditional way Mm -hmm. you're only giving me the monetary value of the wine yeah well because you don't know that much about wine like most people but i think (coughs) there's a segment of the pop this is why i'm arguing i think there's a segment of the population now that makes their purchases based on ethical choices or perceived ethical choices where money isn't necessarily Uh, the most important thing all right, new example, because this is actually relevant to me. You're going on a trip someplace you haven't been before. You don't know a whole lot about it. Right. You got three hotels to choose from in this town. Maybe it's a work trip. So you're going to like Cleveland or something. Okay. And uh, you got a you've got a Airbnb that's fifty bucks. You've got an Airbnb that's one hundred and twenty five, and you got an Airbnb that's three hundred. Yeah. Which would, one do you pick? I would do more research. Lord. I am not a person that thinks uh, the most Whether expensive. or not you believe it, it exists. <laughs> and it's a thing where, because this happened exists. to me. Okay. I, I was looking for a hotel. I'm taking a trip to the Oregon coast, looking for an Airbnb. And there's one that's 50 bucks. And my inclination, I mean, where the average is like 125. I was like, I'm not going for the $50 one because it must stink. Did you read the reviews? If... It must stink if it's 50 bucks. That was my initial reaction. Hmm. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to fall for this. Just because something's cheaper doesn't mean that it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Lesser uh, value? Of lesser value. It's, you know, it, it's of significant lower quality than okay. something that's more expensive. But this, I fall for this all the time, especially when I'm buying products I don't really know a whole lot about. I I will, and diamonds, you know, you just go and you look and you're like, oh, you're getting married and like, wow, here's a diamond that's 75 bucks and here's one that's 1200 Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely not buying a $75. I don't care how good this ring is. Even if it's amazing, I'm not spending $75. What if it was a diamond that you found with your romantic partner mm-hmm. at the park, the national park in Tennessee, where you can find your own diamonds, and there's a whole private story significant only to you and your yeah, partner. Yeah, that's fine. That's in, that's going way beyond this. You're in a store, yeah, and these products you you don't really know a lot. Of, you're buying brakes. You just had a kid, and you got <laughs> and you're at this shop, and they're like, "Well, we can put the regular brakes in for 150 bucks, or we can put in the super carbon." polyester breaks for 500 which one are you going to do so i want to hear more about this veblen thing because i only push back because 
I feel like they're, I feel like it's important to push back on. Because you're a contrarian, which yeah. I don't mind. Not just to be it's contrarian, but specifically, this. I don't think that cost equates to value. No, it cases. doesn't. That's, this is a fallacy. Right. I'm not saying this is true. I'm That's, saying companies do this because they know that we associate cost with value. So let's hear more about this. So yeah. sometimes, especially with luxury goods, products will not sell well, not because they're of good quality, but because they're priced too low. So people will think they're compromising even though they're not. Right. So that's the idea behind Bevel and Goods, whether or not you believe it. It's not that I don't believe it. <laughs> I just, I feel like there's an inherent... Um, flaw in that thinking that causes Veblen goods to be a thing. And I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And that's why I want people to be aware of it. Right. So, because, yeah, I mean, that's what they talk about in this documentary. You're like, a, a man-made diamond that's made, in, you know, using scientific principles and a diamond pulled out of the ground, the man-made diamond is way better it, it doesn't have the junk in it that you get from the diamonds in Especially the ground. Especially if it's a diamond that has been used in sequestering carbon carbon from the environment. Okay. I don't know about that. But anyway, I just I know... talked about it a few episodes ago. It was my thing that blew my mind. Pay attention. Well, it didn't blow my mind because oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I vaguely recall that. It's a yeah. carbon capture strategy. I didn't care about it at the time. Now I care about it. <laughs> Oh Does that count as an excuse? <laughs> Rob, how come you didn't <laughs> clean your room? I didn't care about it when you asked me, but now I care, I'll clean it. Now that it's important to me, now I Now that it's care. important to me, I did it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's All right. awesome. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. I got I got things I got to work on. I need <laughs> to pay I need to pay attention to other people oh more. My gosh. I don't know what's wrong with me. Hey. What are we talking about next week? Because we're going to actually release this episode and the episode before yeah, this. <laughs> it's a long story, but I got really excited about editing my documentary and forgot about everything else that I was supposed to do. Next week, oh, well, am I free to talk about anything I want or are we just going to talk about... Um, so we have to talk about stuff that's on the list. Uh, didn't we talk about all the stuff that's on the list? I hope so. I feel like now this is an official podcast. Sweet. That can explore we can talk about anything stuff. we want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do it. Well, hmm. Uh, what's coming to mind is Google Glass. <laughs> what makes you laugh about that? Because it's dumb. Like, no, it sounds like something we cover for class. Oh. But it's okay. Oh. oh Let's talk I am, about Google I, Glass. Well, I'm. Yeah. I am focused on, t okay, well, it's that or talk about racism. Uh, I would love to talk about that. I feel very unqualified. Well, I think that's part of the problem. Okay. People don't talk about it because they feel like they're, like, they can't, like, a couple of white people can't talk about racism without a, a black person in the room to, like, run it by and then people never talk about it true i just feel like i have limited experience that's why mm -hmm. well that makes even more reason why we should talk about it okay so it's google glass or racism <laughs> i'm terrified <laughs> all right we'll go with google glass and why it failed oh, next feel... time okay and we'll warm you up to the idea maybe you could do some research actually i'm up for it i just got a book from the library martin luther king's um 
yeah, of course I can't remember the name, but a, a book that uh, I found out about this last week. If you can read, I think it's like choosing a path, like togetherness or whatever. I'm just destroying the name of this book. Will but... you send me the title so sure. I can I can listen to it before next week? Yeah, but we don't. Let's. Let, I'll give you some more time to think about this because it is a big one, and I, people are going to get mad at me. I'm going to alienate all of our listeners. But that's that's why we never talk about it because we're so scared of being canceled and stuff. And so I feel like we can't. It's hard to grow and learn and deal with this if we're so terrified to talk about it and that's that i agree with so i would like to get better at talking about it all right well you want to do that or you want to do google glass either way all right we'll see if we chicken out let's go with google glass for now okay (laughs) give you a little bit more time to think about it i'm writing a note (laughs) for episode 23 all right cool deal well and it will give me time to read this book too we can both read this that's what we should do we need to read the the book by martin luther king before we talk about it i want to be informed by people that are smarter than me well and have different experiences than you because that's the thing about racism is you can't you can't authoritatively talk about it yeah from your one point of view so kristen thanks for coming over today and (laughs) dealing with the unexpected road trip but at least it's fun at least there was a a silver lining to that and that you learned who Dire Straits is and what songs they sing. It was fun. It was great to just drive around town and laugh at people too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week. Thanks for listening to the In Stuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the InStuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, wherever you get your podcasts, or at darkwinternights.com. The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, Scratch Band's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick, and join the evolution. Scratch Band. More information at scratchband.life.